the heart of Sharjah. The heart. The heart of Sharjah. Pulse 95. Life beats. Life beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Hello and good morning. Now, with the unfolding of the first Fikra graphic design biennial, that's taking place this weekend in Sharjah. Parallel to that, we've got 1971 Design Space and Khat Foundation proudly presenting Rasm, contemporary Arabic typographic posters. 2008 to 2018. Rasm is the first exhibition at 1971. This is a design space just dedicated to design, which is quite amazing and beautiful. Um, it, it presents posters of designers since the launch of Khat Foundation's design community, as well as two new commissioned works by UAE-based designers. To tell us more, I'm pleased to welcome to the studio Dr. Huda Smithhausen. Did I say it right? Hang on, hang on. I've got to get you up. Okay. Did I get it right? Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so difficult. And as well, in the studio, I've got with me the uh, one of the artists from the exhibition, Ranim Al-Haraki. Welcome. Yes. Hello. Thank you. So great to have you both with us today. Now, um, of course, to understand this exhibition and the importance of this exhibition, we have to understand what Khat Foundation is and who better to tell us than you, Dr. Huda. Tell us more about that because I have to say, I'm somebody who follows art and design uh, and you know has a deep interest in, in, in graphic design and typography, but I didn't know much about Khat Foundation. Well, Khat Foundation was, um, I, I founded it in Amsterdam in 2004. And uh, the purpose of it was to kind of like um, do research on Arabic typography, contemporary Arabic fonts, uh, the possibilities of Arabic type and how important it is to contemporary design. And at the time that I started it, I was teaching in uh, the Middle East. So I was teaching in Beirut and in, in Dubai. And so the need for education and for tools for designers to create contemporary graphic design uh, were kind of limited. And part of this limitation was the lack of, of contemporary typefaces um, in the Arabic script. So we, it was an idea, let's start working on that and try to develop the possibilities of bringing designers, encouraging this, encouraging research, finding why we have this lack and how to um, compensate for that and create projects where people could create new typefaces without having to be uh, restricted by commercial or you know practical guidelines so more about what can we do how can we explore uh, the rich calligraphic heritage and bring that into contemporary typography so that was the aim of the foundation like you said uh, Arabic of course uh, it's an ancient language it has such a, a deep heritage of uh, typography of calligraphy um, and and such a it, it is such a uh, an art that is, uh, you know, passed down. Uh, but why did you feel like we really needed to have contemporary typography? Why is it important? Uh, in terms of, I guess, you know, it really speaks to the time. It speaks to who we are, yeah. the cultures that we are, um, the intersection of cultures as well. Yeah. 
So tell me about why you think it's important. Well, I mean, I think any culture cannot be living in the past if it's, you know, so you have to be, you have to be part of the present without having to give up your identity, but you need that identity to be also part of the present. So, I mean, we're sitting here, we're all Arabs from different backgrounds uh, or Muslims from different uh, nationalities. And we use the Arabic script and we use typefaces to do, you know, communication, ordinary communication, but we use typefaces that were designed in the 50s, which doesn't make sense because we're in the 20th century. Um, and with the growing um, development of, of, of teaching, of, of graphic design education in the region, there was this kind of ca- gap, like you, you study graphic design as a young person, and then all your examples of contemporary design are Western. Yeah. There's no Arabic version. And that, that's something wrong with that. Like you're, you immediately either isolate yourself or say, I don't want to deal with Arabic because Arabic is in the past. And that's something for me was really kind of painful to see. Um, so you, you start to equate design yeah. and, contempor- and contemporary design with the West. And anything that is Arab is heritage and past and so which, of course, is not the case with music, is not the case with fashion, is not the case with other kind of cultural expressions. So why should it be that in design? So I think it's really important that we design things and that we have uh, a sense of um, freedom to be ourselves in this century and be Arab Muslim and from this century and not from, you know, definitely. Because, centuries because ago. graphic design really does represent who we are, doesn't it? it yeah. It's how we see ourselves. It's how uh, we represent ourselves to the rest of the world even. Yeah. You know, so, so it has quite an importance, doesn't it? Yeah. And I mean, I think also the, the reason we have this online platform is precisely that. How do we represent Arab Muslim culture to the rest of the world? And all and of the different facets of it. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, like, like we said, it's intersectional. You started this in Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, You know, you are Arab, of course. And, you know, many of us have lived in the West. We are Western, but we are also Arab. And it's like, how do you bring those two things together to make a whole new identity? And also, I think it's important that um, that also culture is not isolated. It's never been isolated. But nowadays, you know, there's a lot of nationalism all over the world people kind of try to say like this is our identity they try to present a pure identity and and it's understandable but it's also not realistic because we we have to communicate with other cultures we Mm. are faced with it online in our daily life and the things we wear the things we drive so there has to be a dialogue with other cultures and one of the goals of the foundation was to say like how do we make research where we look at western and arab Yes. What does it mean to be an Arab living abroad? Like you said, in the diaspora, you're you're American, but you're also Arab. You're uh, Pakistani, but you're also British. You're so these kind of uh, double-sided identities are very common. I mean, I'm one of them. There's many, many more people like me. So I think it's also important to show that aspect in design and to show it not as a negative thing, but also as a potential for something very positive of cultural dialogue. Absolutely. Uh, Coming up next, uh, Ranimo, I want to bring you into the discussion as well and and what that means to you as an artist and and somebody uh, who's a creative, a multi-award winning artist as well, and, and, and how you found your voice too. Um, uh, to me, to be honest, it's more of an uh, experimentation process and I think I'm still in the search of my voice and who I am. Uh, it started, 
you can say during university and during my studies but again um I do agree completely that culture is is within us and our voices is a reflection of that as well. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of how I found my voice, I don't know if I still found my voice. I found my voice yet. I, I would say your I'm, voice is quite powerful. <laughs> I'd be amazed if you said that. It's, Having seen some of your artworks, which we will talk about uh, next after, after the break with you, Ranim. Thank you. Uh, amazing, amazing artworks uh, that, that draw on, that are so contemporary, but draw on uh, those who have uh, really elevated the Arabic language over time, including mm-hmm. uh, the one and only Nizar Qabbani. We're going to talk about that next with Ranim uh, Al-Haliki. And as well, Dr. Huda is here. We are talking about the brand new exhibition, Rasamid, opens this weekend. That's coming up on Life Beats on Pulse95. The heart of Sharjah. Pulse95. Keeping it local all day, every day. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, we're talking a brand new exhibition that is opening this weekend. It's called Rasam and it is all about uh, exploring uh, Arabic typography, contemporary Arabic typographic posters from 2008 to 2018. This is uh, celebrating also 20 years for Khat Foundation. And in the studio with me, I've got uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Huda Smithhausen and as well, uh, Ranim Al-Haliki as well, talking about their art and their designs too and what Khat Foundation means. And, and that's something um, that I do want to ask you about, Dr. Huda, in terms of uh, the highlights of the last 20 years, uh, it seems incredible uh, that, that it's been around for 20 years. Um, uh, because as you say, Health Foundation is about so many different things. It's about research. It's about um, collaborations. It's about, you know, bringing artists in to, to create contemporary works um, for a new voice. Uh, tell us a bit more about that. Well, um, we started, I mean, maybe I'll just give you a little history, maybe that's easier with a few highlights. The first project that actually we made the foundation and then we started with it was called Typographic Matchmaking. Yes. And that first project was um, really, again, trying to find a practical solution to the lack of Arabic typefaces, uh, contemporary Arabic typefaces that are of of good quality because mm-hmm. there was a lot of also rubbish around at the time. Um, and that's, we're talking in, in the early 2000s. So um, the project was uh, was quite successful eventually because we the idea was to bring very well-known and um, skilled Dutch designers to collaborate with young Arab typographers that were either just starting for them in their career or just actually never done it before but were had the talent for it and we developed five typefaces that were kind that were bilingual so this idea of making multi-script typefaces was important because in the region as you know everything is is in two languages or two scripts and so it's important that these scripts are kind of look like they coexist harmoniously together. So that was the idea for that. And then the, these five typefaces um, uh, were, were created and they were really quite good and quite varied and there were quite some famous names involved in this. And then eventually the type de- the Arab type designers later on became famous, you know, so it was kind of really at the beginning of their career. Um, and they were used um, quite widely because we distributed these typefaces 
uh, along with the publication about the whole process and the research. And that kind of set the tone, actually, for the later work that came from the foundation. So um, when, when the book was published, we wanted to make an event. We made an event in uh, collaboration with a Dutch organization, Dutch Cultural Foundation in Amsterdam. And the exhibition was called El Heima. Heima mm -hmm. is, a, is a Dutch department store that is quite basic, quite uh, design conscious, but about, you know, making design available for everybody, which kind of rhymed very well with the concept behind the fonts anyways. And so what we did is we actually created a, a, as an exhibition and make a, a store that was not really a store, but it was kind of a store playing with, with all products, using these typefaces, but also using the concept of collaboration of like, you know, coffee comes from the Arab world, so we made coffee, uh, you know, things that people don't, ex you know, don't uh, equate with the Arabic world were, right. exi were exhibited. And then the idea of it was to make for Dutch, uh, for the Dutch community, the possibility of bringing Arabic home so they could actually buy things in the T-shirt or, or products in the exhibition and take them home. So anyway, the <clears throat> the exhibition was, was a fun idea, but then it's really cat it caught something because there was again this this political side to it of how do you bring cultures together and how do you make uh, how do you talk about Arab, the Arab world and Islamic world without talking about religion or politics and, and saying like everybody is got all sides to their culture right exactly so it, it caught quite a bit and we had uh, we had it on the news we were on the TV we were I mean it was really incredible to have like a full page of Arabic typeface featured in, in in one of the most known and one of the most read newspapers in Holland. So in it a, was really quite a success. In a Dutch newspaper, that is quite amazing. I mean, tell me about that process of, you know, of the emergence of, of Arabic within, you know, the, the Netherlands as in your, you know, project. What was that like and the reception? Well, the reception was really, I mean, surprising. There were, of course, hate mail, <laughs> but there's always that. What's well, always good? Publicity is good. Good or bad publicity is always publicity. But there was a lot of really a very nice dialogue that came out of that, of like, how do we talk about, you know, the other without being scared of the other? Because, you know, we're talking about the time when after 9-11, and so people were a bit, uh, you know, there was exactly. a lot of political things. Right I mean, things have changed now, unfortunately, but it was going already in that direction. And so the, the, the exhibition had a lot of success. We even extended it. And um, so because of that process, it was really interesting to try again. So mm -hmm. sometimes you start a project and you think, well, it's an interesting idea. And then you realize that on one hand, the, the, the project had a cultural aspect. So in the Netherlands, it was about politics and, you know, the collaboration or the integration of cultures together. But in the Arab world, these fonts were used for everything. So they were used by huge, uh, I mean, organizations all the way from Morocco to, to, to the Gulf. Um, there were the designers themselves started to build their own career based on that. So it kind of changed also the perception of what we accept as contemporary Arabic typefaces, which is really important. And I think since then, things have been only developing further in that direction. So we've done the project a second time with bigger budget because the first time we had a small budget but a lot of success the second time we got a better Brilliant. budget i love it uh, and we did it more on architecture looking at you know urban spaces and how does typography how do we bring back typography like in in islamic architecture 
text and lettering is part of the architecture. It's not just about reading the text, it's actually about adding a kind of identity and a kind of message that is a visual message that people can relate to even if they can't read the text. So we try to explore that idea with contemporary typefaces. And so this second project was more, um, we produced a beautiful publication that was very successful and we had lots of exhibitions also in the region about it. But it was more about um, designing Arabic and Latin typefaces at the same time. And actually, it was a really nice experiment where the Arabic in, uh, designs and the exploration of what you can do with Arabic lettering influenced the Latin typefaces. Normally, which, it's the other way around. Exactly, uh, which leads us so uh, beautifully onto the exhibition that is about to open, Rasim. Uh, it's opening this weekend at 1971 Design Space. Uh, this is on uh, Flag Island here in Sharjah, which is uh, quite amazing. Uh, we're going to get into uh, what the exhibition is going to include in, and speaking to uh, one of the artists who's going to be showcasing her work there, Ranim Al-Haliki. That's all coming up next on Life Beats with me, Sally Musa, on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. The heart of Sharjah. With a story to tell. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, it is Life Beats on Pulse 95 and I'm speaking to uh, Raneem Al-Halaki. She is one of the artists at the new exhibition Rasam, which is happening at 1971 Design Space, celebrating two decades of work from Khat Foundation. And with me also is the founding director of Khat Foundation, Dr. Huda Smithhausen, as well, uh, talking about uh, how we bring Arabic into a whole new uh, century and audience and uh, how it should change and how it needs to be changing, how it is changing to represent new identities and new experiences. And uh, so l let's talk about this ex exhibition then. Um, Rasim, uh, what is it about? What can people expect to see, Dr. Huda, when they come to see it at 1971? Well, Rasim actually was... Um my idea for the exhibition was to bring together work from as vast, as diverse as possible uh, geographically areas in the region, but also uh, from the diaspora and to show work of people specifically uh, working with the Arabic script and typography and lettering uh, in a way that is unexpected. So some of the work in the exhibition is so it was it was that was the premise of the project of, of the exhibition as a whole. And then we decided to make a collection of work that has been printed over the past 10 years from 2008 until today um, for different purposes. Most of the work in the exhibition is really done uh, commissioned work for uh, cultural institutions or free work by the designers themselves that wanted to represent for fonts they have developed. Uh, some of it is more technically oriented, you know, exploring the possibilities of technology and how you can bring creative uh, form through technology and how does that influence things. But other things were just illustrations and ideas and poetry. And we wanted to um, add a layer to this exhibition. So that is the core of this exhibition, existing 56 posters from all over the, the Arab region. Um, so you have uh, designers that have worked on 
developing typefaces themselves, like, and they have their own type foundries, for example, Pascal Zorbi or Christian Serkis, uh, who show some of their work. But there is also work from other colleagues of theirs, like Wael Morcos and Rajak Apelian, who worked with uh, on, on for commissions, but also workshops with other designers. So the posters are about workshops for different ways of exploring design. There's a lot of work by um, uh, Damun Khanchansade, who is uh, an Iranian type designer. There is work from uh, Reza Abidini, who's quite a, a, a figure in Iran and, and in the region. Now he teaches in Beirut, so it's, it's, he's kind of multicultural. He lives in Holland. So this, this kind of people, and there's more, there's people like um, Homa Delveray and uh, Bahia Shahab, who's uh, won quite a few awards and was even part of a movie. Um, she does a lot of lettering in public space, but these posters were kind of an extension of that work. She's an artist teaching um, in Cairo, and um, her her work she works a lot with with words from you know parts of uh, poetry from uh, Mahmoud Darwish that she kind of uh, does murals all over the Arab world, uh, all over the world. Sorry, so taking again Arabic and the message of, of Arab identity around the world, and it and her work is. Um, she plays really not with, with uh, the expected uh, calligraphy, but more with designing specifically typefaces or lettering that, that expresses the meaning behind this, uh, this work. So th with this kind of work, and there's much more in the exhibition that we can talk about because there's 56 posters and a lot of artists, so I apologize for not mentioning Amazing. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, <clears throat> next to that, we wanted to really make the, the exhibition more local and look at you know what does it mean in Dubai and in the UAE to have typography what what are people doing with it how do we take it off the page and look at it as a sort of uh, a tool for experiencing meaning and culture so then I I've met I knew uh, Sheikha bin Dahir from Abjad that I met her a long time ago and I've met Renim Halki uh, also not too long ago and I, I know their work, but then we talked about, you know, how can they respond to this work? What is the new, what do they want to bring further? What, how, how can they extend what they've already started with? And it was really interesting that um, with Ranim, it was really about voices and telling stories through typography and how you can visualize identity or personalities through the letters. And then with Abja, they were interested in music. And how you can, how, how, and that's not, yeah, there's music in calligraphy. I mean, visual music. So how do you visualize this music? And how do you, what they've tried to do with their work is actually take the visual and make music with it. Not just that it represents music, but it actually is like tools for making music. So it was really interesting, like complete opposite. Well, not opposite, but different approaches, approaches yeah. to how do you experience yeah. text. You experience it. You're not. You don't read it. That's so right. So I think you know. Maybe maybe Ranim wants to talk a little bit more in depth on her on yeah. her project. We have to ask you, Ranim. Uh, you know, your work is very powerful. I've I've seen some of your work, Al Hakam Al Asfur, amongst others. Fifty meters of storytelling. Um, you have quite a powerful voice. Uh, but how did that develop? You as an artist, developing as an artist, and wanting. Uh, to create such work. Where does that come from for you? Um, it really started as a research and experimentation throughout the years of my study and then also in my work experience as well. 
where I built a passion for the Arabic for Arabic typography. And there I started, um, I mean, I came from a school that I was taught and I was convinced by what I was being taught and that the, our, that the Arabic uh, script is not just there to, to give a message, but it's also a visual uh, script that you read it visually and you don't have to literally read the words or the messages that say. So more, more or less in Unheard Voices, uh, it's, it's pretty much an, about the experience and uh, that you're going to visualize from uh, being inside this installation. Mm. And um, uh, it's really reading this experience rather than reading the literal words of the poetry. Tell us more about it. So uh, basically it started as, uh, it initiated in 2015 uh, as part of a course that I've started researching and working on poetry and uh, visualizing poetry in different medium. Mm. And from there, I uh, one of the very, um, like very unique poems of Nizar Abani, which is Al-Hakim Al-Asfur, it caught my attention. Uh, First, because it's not a very well-known poem by Nizar Abani. And second, because uh, it really represented, it, I really linked to it with, in my personal voice, as well as to what's happening around us and to my and around my where I come from, my home country and everything. And in parallel to this, I was actually working on my 50 meters of storytelling, which is pretty much about culture and uh, heritage from my home town and everything mm. and it's also all about voices going out and being spoken rather than just like hidden and um, not being able to go out so uh, it really caught my attention the poem and uh, it really describes mostly uh, the poet trying to walk around his city with a bird in his hand and then the governor stops him and asks him for passports for both and so basically even birds or even words need passports in uh in our in our world basically so um so i've decided to uh, translate this into a visual uh, experience where um it literally gives you the words that are it's sort of a contradicting kind of uh, installation which shows you the words are what's con or they are what is constraining you as a person inside this cage but at at the same time they're trying to exit from this cage and being to be spoken um so it's pretty much voices that are not being able to be heard and they are spoken but they're not heard and and whether i mean whether by other people or by the speaker himself you yeah. know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what well, I'm so looking forward to, to seeing the work uh, at the uh, exhibition Rasam as well. Contemporary Arabic typographic uh, posters and installations as well are going to be on show. Uh, and we're going to be continuing the conversation next with Dr. Huda and Ranim. It's Life Beats on Pulse 95. The Heart of Sharjah. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Continuing the conversation with uh, Dr. Huda and Ranim talking all about art, design, uh, particularly typography. 
graphic design, what uh, contemporary Arabic typography means, how it gives us cultural identity and shapes public space and public debate as well, particularly with this brand new exhibition, Rasm, which is in fact uh, going to be uh, launched and opened this Friday. And this is at 1971 Design Space. It's a space that is dedicated uh, to design. So it's very exciting. Um, and just before the break, uh, Ranima, we we're talking to you about uh, your works that will be featured there as well and your background and how um, uh, and, and how uh, you uh, became attracted to uh, typography and the importance of it in your work as well. Um, you mentioned, of course, Nizar Ghabani as um, a main inspiration. I want to ask you why him in particular? Um, uh, to be honest, it's it never started as Nizar Abani in particular, but I was looking into poetry in general, and poetry is pretty much inspiring because poetry is a is a piece of art anyways in its own. And then it's very difficult to tr- really translate a piece of art into another piece of art. And that's, that's on its own, it's challenging. Mm. Uh, Nizar Abani came along with a lot of poetry that I related to, and especially because... I don't know, perhaps uh, I'm originally Syrian and because of what's happening now in Damascus and all that, uh, I probably linked to this and I really came along, uh, I was reading a book of his and I came along this uh, particular poem that, um, again, I said uh, before it caught my attention because of what it says and um, uh, and I just visualized it, visualized it immediately once I was reading it, you know. Um, um, and you've got your 50 meters of storytelling, which is an amazing piece as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what you're going to be doing for this exhibition, um, you're going to be, uh, it's going to be an installation. It's not just posters mm-hmm. uh, at the <laughs> exhibition, but mm-hmm. you're doing an installation. Tell us more about that. So it was, it's an installation, actually. Uh, it's a 3D piece of uh, contemporary typography, Arabic typography, uh, representing the poem of Nizar Abani Al-Hakim Al-Asfur. Um, uh, basically, it's uh, it started, I mean, coming from a graphic design background, my work always starts as a 2D, uh, on a 2D medium. But then going into 3D and space, there, there I found a lot of interest in it because it really gives you the experience. I really wanted my audience to be part of this, uh, part of this uh, piece rather than just holding it and uh, dominating it, you know. So I, I sort of wanted the piece to dominate them and to to force this experience into them. Um, so this is where, I mean, all the experimentation and the studies start to come along in terms of material or um, uh, space as well. And uh, scale is, plays a lot of uh, a big role into this whole experience. And I started to find a lot of interest in that, in that field, because it really opened doors to a lot of I mean, more and more um, study areas, you know, and uh, these further, they stressed on the point of the whole experience and the poem of Unheard Voices. Mm. Um, Yeah, so to be honest, it really started as an actual cage that is to life, I mean, to size of a bird cage and it had a bird and all that. 
and then it's now it's translated into a human scale and having the it's humans life are size. more like wow. a prison right? are <laughs> inside amazing yeah. amazing that that's a powerful statement in and of itself we've got abjet design as well which uh, yeah. you started talking about dr huda uh, for for their uh, particular work yeah, their work is is um, is also an installation, mm -hmm. and um, but I mean, Ranim's work is is metal, mm -hmm. so it's it's spatial, but it's also on on material that is metal. Whereas the rest of the exhibition is really paper. Um, so they've they've also worked with this idea of taking um, a poetry again, but then this time washahat. So one of the washahat that is famous Andalusian washah. Uh, and they actually um, took the text and, and worked, collaborated with a calligrapher to make it in different uh, traditional scripts, from Maghribi to Diwani to others. And then they uh, they actually took the music of that of that script. So they took away all the text and, and left only the dots. And the dots became notes, and then the notes became actual music. So they've kind of reversed, like going from music to to text to music again and it's really interesting piece because it's a piece that you you hear and you see in your mind the text but you don't read it so it's the opposite of her work in a way because they took away all the text and it's not just it's it's about m music wow. notes but then made from text because we know that that's the text behind them. So it's a very conceptual piece about, you know, looking at what was what's interesting also in their choice of poetry was that uh, this this type of poetry, this Andalusian poetry was really a, a kind of poetry about the mixes of different cultures. And it's also um, originally also comes from Damascus somehow. Um, but it's it's also a new form, a free verse, and from that period of time, it's quite you know quite progressive, and so it's interesting you know play between sound and 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 writing and how do you experience that? And the it's rest a of the exhibition well. also, yeah, that, yeah, that, it's that a reminder. Yeah, exists that way, you know, it yeah. exists off the page. Yeah, it exists in music. It exists in poetry. It yeah. exists. Or, you know, all around us in all kinds of different ways and exploring that. I love it. And also the exploration of, you know, the, the idea of how cultures kind of uh, travel and mix. It's also about a mix of different traditions, different traditions of music, but also different traditions, visual traditions and different traditions of, of writing and, and calligraphy. So it's a kind, it's a kind of nice... Um, yeah, a different angle to the to this. So the, these two installations actually sandwich the posters because the posters are also not hung in a in a traditional way. They're not hung on the wall, but they actually hang like like muallaka. You know, they like just in the middle, hang in the just space. From space. So the yeah. whole exhibition is very spatial. Wow. You actually are surrounded by text and lettering. You experience Beautiful. them in color, in sound, in Beautiful. physical I things. Cannot <laughs> wait for this. It opens on Friday, the 9th of November. Uh, at, uh, as we said, 1971 Design Space um, at 4.30 p.m. Tell us a bit more about what we can expect at the opening. Well, at the opening, we have a, a panel discussion. So Ranim will be there. Also, uh, Abjad, the two designers from Abjad, Diana Hawatmi and Sheikha Ben Dahir. And also one of the designers who's uh, from a German uh, design studio who's also part of the exhibition, Ben Wittner from EPS 51. He's coming specifically from Berlin for this. And we were his his work is in the exhibition, and he's done a lot of publications, actually, uh, quite known publications on contemporary Arabic typography. This uh, we will be presenting also his last uh, his last and third latest, sorry, not last 
latest third book <laughs> called Biscriptual about you know multi multi script uh, typography and what what it means to design in different scripts together and how you bring them together and what are the challenges etc. And he features in these in these books really work from all over the region quite quite interesting work. So he will be there and we will have a discussion with the four of us about the exhibition and about the works. Amazing. I, I cannot wait for this. I'm so excited. Everybody needs to get down there. Uh, make sure you are there. 1971 Design Space. Uh, it is on Flag Island. Uh, get yourself down there. See this exhibition. Come and meet Raniem and the designers, the incredible people, and talk to them about their work. Because this is the, about one of the wonderful things about having these exhibitions. You get to meet the designers and the artists uh, and to truly understand uh, where the amazing work comes from. Dr. Huda and Janim, thank you both so much for joining me today on Life thank Beats. You. What an absolute pleasure. And all the best with the opening on Friday. That's it for us uh, today on Life Beats. Uh, join us again tomorrow, of course, from 10 a.m. Tomorrow, we are going to be welcoming into the studio Michelin star chef Greg Malouf. He's going to be launching his brand new book, Sukkar, and taking over a Rawi restaurant. Cannot wait for this. A fantastic. Have a brilliant day and see you again tomorrow from 10 a.m. for Life Beats. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Keeping it local all day.